This is the woman behind the business, featuring honest dialogue that advances and inspires women entrepreneurs. Here's your host, Angel Livas. on the woman behind the business, building her up. You know me, I'm your host, Angel Livis, and today we're excited to have two creative brand enthusiasts in studio with us. Dr. Talia Waller is the brilliant brand and guru behind Waller & Company. As the CEO of Waller & Company, she delivers personal branding keynotes, lectures, and workshops to organizations around the world. She helps leaders understand how to use personal branding to reach their target audience, gain competitive advantage, and achieve their business goals. Dr. Waller has an online network of more than 40 thousand people. Y'all heard me right. 40,000 and has been featured in publications, including Forbes, Fast Company and the Chronicle of Higher Education. In 2017, Dr. Waller was awarded the Presidential Alumni Research Dissemination Award for publishing a study about mobile game technology, marketing and entrepreneurship. She is currently conducting independent research on personal branding. And that's what she'll be discussing with us today on our show, Branding and How She's Built Her Branding Empire. Welcome to the show, Talia. Thank you, Angel. (laughs) (laughs) So... I absolutely love you. I don't even remember how we first met, um, but just watching you, following you has just been so inspiring. You Thank know, you. just I, I, I really, truly believe that, you know, you found your calling at a very young age and you've stuck with it. So talk to me a little bit about like when you realized like what your passion was. Mm-hmm. I ended up helping a friend who was nominated as Cosmopolitan Magazine's Hottest Bachelor of Georgia. And he was a financial analyst. And I was like, you can really leverage this. And he's like, no, we can't because you don't know what you're doing. And I'm an introvert (laughs) and I'm a financial analyst. Right. And I'm like, no, Atlanta's like Black Hollywood right now. Um, Cosmopolitan's a really big brand. Um, You're looking better than what you did in undergrad. (laughs) And so like, no, we can definitely take this somewhere. And I just kind of use some of the things that I learned in school. Um, I majored in business, uh, concentration in entrepreneurship, but marketing was something that just really came natural to me. I used to sleep in all my classes and marketing was the one class where I'd make almost a hundred on every single test. And Mm -hmm. my classmates were like, girl, you asleep. (laughs) How did you do that? And I'm like, I don't know. But, um, So, yeah, it was just something that came natural to me. And I helped him. um, First, I reached out to photographers and really started to build like a media kit. Mm -hmm. Um, I got a friend of mine who was a designer. We paid him to do the media kit. Um, I leveraged Cosmopolitan's brand to get him to work with photographers for free. Mm -hmm. Um, I got him on like the Steve Harvey show, the top radio stations in Atlanta, the front page of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, 
book covers. I mean, uh, he's on Lettuce's video. Like, it was crazy. We were, it, it was crazy. <laughs> and how did you manage to do all this? Like, this I, was fresh out of college? Or when was this time-wise? This, this was after I had started um, a couple other businesses. But I was just, like, problem-solving. Honestly, mm-hmm. it just kind of, like, came to me naturally. Mm-hmm. It's really weird. But I was just like, okay, well, let me pick up the newspaper and see who writes about this kind of stuff. Let mm-hmm. me figure out what their name is. Let me call them. And really just leveraging the Cosmopolitan magazine. I mean, people are kind of simple. Right. Um, I hate to say it, but it's true. And so they don't want to do any work. And people look for social cues. Mm-hmm. And so if they're like, oh, if Cosmopolitan magazine's already signed off on him, you know, obviously he's good. Right. And Atlanta has a lot of single women. And I think it was an easy angle. So that was kind of, you know, it's a little um, internal, but also external factors that made it happen. Now, from that experience, like what did it make you feel like? Mm -hmm. It made me feel like I had found something that I was passionate about, something that I was willing to do for free because I did it for free. Mm -hmm. Um, And I really enjoyed it. And I knew that like I knew back in school, I never wanted to go into marketing because marketing products and services just did not interest me. Mm -hmm. But when I found this uh, niche of doing it for people, Mm -hmm. it was something that I really liked. And to me, like how some people are building a product or service from scratch, I feel like I'm building a person from scratch. And one of the things that I feel like you started with uh, was the photography and the media kit. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times I feel like that's the last thing that people think about when it comes to building their brand. Mm -hmm. Talk to me a little bit about the importance of, you know, the image Mm -hmm. and what your image is for your brand, what it means for your brand. Mm -hmm. If I can go back in time and maybe we did this and it wasn't as structured, Mm -hmm. um, I would have started, I would have started with, okay, what is your brand? Mm -hmm. Like, how are we going to position you? Who are your competitors? Um, I feel like I was kind of strategic, but then kind of also all over the place because everything was new. Everything was a learning curve. And I was just kind of learning as I went. Right. And it was free. Yeah. (laughs) Right. It's like you're going to get whatever you can get. Right. (laughs) So um, but I know that working with clients now, a lot of people do think to rush into the kind of things that we, the assets that we would use and leverage to put you out. But um, what I've realized people don't take the time to do is really working on their brand identity, mm-hmm. working on how they're going to position themselves. How are you going to stand out? It's all about standing out. Mm-hmm. It's not just about, oh, look at me. It's mm-hmm. like, OK, but why should we look at you? Mm-hmm. Who is your target audience? Who are you speaking to before you start putting together um, assets and communicating to people? Um, so, yeah, that's kind of where I've scaled my company to Mm -hmm. this point. I scaled back on some of those other services um, because I'm like, I'm going to let people who are professional photographers do that. Mm -hmm. Professional videographers do that. I think my value added is focusing on the strategy. Mm -hmm. Um, So all those things like the strategy, your brand identity, um, your target audience, Mm -hmm. and then how you're going to position yourself in the market. So let's look at your brand identity, because I don't know if a lot of people really know what that means. I think a lot of times they think that their brand identity is it's me. (laughs) 
Right. No, it's not. Who is your brand? Mm -hmm. What is your brand saying? And Mm -hmm. what is your brand saying when you're not around? Mm -hmm. So can you talk to us a little bit about the brand identity? Mm -hmm. I think first, um, what I've realized is it's kind of hard. I didn't realize this because... It was easy for me, uh-huh. but um, someone else brought it up to me and they were like, it's actually hard for people to like envision how they want other people to see them. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I didn't know that. And I started thinking about it. And I think that that might be the first step. But then also at the same time, you have to know how people are perceiving you now. And so sometimes we take random guesses. uh What I do is like a 360 assessment um, where I come up with questions that are specific to your goal. And uh, we're trying to figure out where you stand now, like how your peers are perceiving you now Mm -hmm. and using that as a benchmark to where we how far we need to go to people perceiving you the way you want to be perceived. Mm -hmm. Um, But starting with like a personal mission statement on what you want and what what you have to offer and what your strengths are and what you're passionate about. As adults, a lot of times we don't even have the time Mm -hmm. to sit down and think about those things. Another thing that I've realized working with people is that sometimes the people closest to you Um, they're not helpful at all. Mm -mm. You know what I mean? And sometimes they do things that are really out of love, but are against your best interests and against you reaching your goals. Mm -hmm. Like a recent movie I saw was Blockers. Mm -hmm. And uh, the parents are like trying to get, trying to prevent their daughters from like having their first time at prom or whatever. And the mother, it's like, no, don't you want to go to this school? And the daughter's like, no, I want to go to this school over there. And really it was the mother's insecurities that wanted to make the daughter go to the school that was nearby. She was comfortable with. So she would be able to see her daughter because she was a single mom and like she built her whole world and sacrificed everything around her daughter. So really that was something that she said out of love, but at the same time, it's a conflict of interest. That love right. was a conflict of interest right. for the daughter's goals. So I think that a lot of times it's the people closest to us that try to deter us from our goal because they're like, oh, well, if you get this job, that means we have to move. You know what I mean? Or and we the can't kids spend have to time move. together. Right. Or, or there's going to be less time that I have with you. Or maybe right. it's even a power dynamic or you become even more powerful. Mm-hmm. You know, that that That's happens real. in relationships is real. Very um, real. And, and not just, and, and that goes for any relationship, friendships, mother, daughter, you know, parent, child, siblings, mm-hmm. uh, partnerships, you know, mm-hmm. marriage, all mm-hmm. of that. So, you know, for you, I look at your career mm-hmm. and it makes me wonder, what are you most proud of that you've accomplished mm-hmm. in the time that you've been, you know, working in branding mm-hmm. and, and not just branding in your entrepreneurial journey? Right. What am I most proud of? I think I'm still working on that. I guess you just always add things that you want to accomplish. Right Mm -hmm. now, I'm most proud of like doing the TED Talk because I'm introverted. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the reasons why I thought that this would be a good business for me is because I could be behind people. 
but still be ambitious, still live life through them. Mm-hmm. And they are always on stage and in the spotlight, not me. Right. And so um, I got to the point where I realized I'm like, OK, in order for me to push my business, I have to be out there. I have to market myself and I have to have a personal brand. People are going to look and see, OK, well, what's your personal brand looking like? Yeah, you know, exactly. before you trying to tell me what to do, like, right. that's how people feel. And so uh, the TED Talk earlier this year that I did was. Is this the one in Africa? No, that was just speaking there. Um, The TED Talk was in uh, here in Pennsylvania, Penn State. Okay. Um, So a student from Instagram, actually, who followed me on Instagram, he he wanted me to speak at his school. And he was like, it's an opening for the TED Talk. Submit your thing. He put in my email and they sent me the information to submit my pitch. And like... I did it at home on my little phone a million times. I still hated it. And my mom was like, your hair looks crazy. Um, your shirt looks a mess. You need to change your clothes. And I was like, I'm not doing this again. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I'm not doing this tape again. And she was like, what's one more time? It's just practice. And I was like, oh, my God, that makes too much sense. <laughs> and so I did it again. And, um, yeah, those 15 minutes were probably like the hardest 15 minutes of my life. Like, I was just so scared. And it's not. People always think it's the people in the room. That's not what's scary. It's Mm -hmm. the fact that it's recorded. There's no do-overs and this is it. And then it goes live to 13 million people, Mm -hmm. you know, a potential audience of 13 million people on their uh, YouTube alone. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I think that. But once I got through it and it was over. I have found a new level of confidence mm-hmm. in speaking. I always tell people, you got to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Right. Because once you conquer that level of discomfort, mm-hmm. then it like propels you to this whole other world where you're like, yo, I did this. Yo, right. I can take on this. That's anything. how it feels. You know, it makes you, <laughs> you, you, you get a little boosted. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> so you're absolutely right. Now, what do you find to be the hardest part of entrepreneurship? knowing what not to do. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I think especially as women, we're great at multitasking, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But when you're trying to level up, you have to outsource the things that you're not great at. You really don't have time to be on a learning curve trying to figure something out. Who else knows how to do it? Boom, give it to that person. And that's when you're really trying to build something. Right. um, And do it right and build something that you're proud of and that's not like mediocre. Whenever you're trying to take it to the next level, like what's the African proverb? You go far alone, but no, you go fast alone, but you go farther together. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's something that I'm trying to work on and just relationships, partnerships, and um, knowing what's an opportunity and what's not an opportunity. And I think that's a lot. That is hard for a lot of entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. to really be able to sit back, look at where they are and say, you know what, this is for me. Mm -hmm. And, And knowing where you're trying to go because if you don't really understand where you're trying to go, you're going to be bouncing all mm-hmm. over the place. And I've been there, done that, mm-hmm. you know, where you're like, oh, OK, I can do this service for you. That's what you need. Boom. Oh, you need this. Mm-hmm. And so you're trying to please everybody. But in that you're not really moving forward. You're kind of just bouncing, mm-hmm. you know, until you can identify. And I think I heard you say this earlier. You realize the people 
is what was most important to you. Mm -hmm. That's where you found your niche. That's Mm -hmm. where you found your passion Mm -hmm. and helping them identify who they are Mm -hmm. and who they're targeting. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's, you know, I I think that that's so important to, you know, reiterate and make sure that people understand that you're you write out a plan. Mm -hmm. You know who you're targeting. You know who you are in that brand identity, what we talked about earlier. Mm Now, being able to travel around the world is amazing. Um, What is one thing that no matter where you go, you see something like something consistent, no matter where you are? Mm -hmm. There's is there anything that you experience to be consistent, like for Mm -hmm. women, for entrepreneurs, no matter what continent or country you're in? Well, I speak at a lot of universities. um, And one thing that I would say is, like, just that will to, like, win. Mm. Um, That ambition or even just the drive to try to figure it out. um, I think that that's universal. And so, I don't know. I I love that. I love the ambition. Mm -hmm. Um, I love seeing that in people. I love when people want to have more and make something out of their life. Um, For me, it's about uh, like generational wealth. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I have a lot of opportunity um, compared to whatever my parents had, like just even having them as parents Mm -hmm. was more than what they had. Um, And so just building off of that, Mm -hmm. I've always felt like that from a very young age. Like, what can I do to um, just kind of change the course of history for my family? So that's what's most important to me. And I I like to see other people, you know, want that as well. Mm -hmm. So... (laughs) Now, when it comes to branding and when you're working with your clients, when they feel like they've won, when they feel like they walk off stage and they're like, yo, we're, I'm making progress. Or they, you know, look back at that, that benchmark of where they started and in six months they're able to see progression. How does that make you feel? I don't know if my clients ever do that. Like, they always want more. <laughs> They're like, I mean, a week later, it's like, okay, so this happened. And I'm so excited to know about what happened. But it's always like, okay, what do What's I do next? next? Right. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's just something that uh, ambitious people have in them. Well, right? I was going to ask you, do, are you like that? Because I heard you say earlier, like, I'm it's definitely always like, that. like the next thing. Mm-hmm. And some girlfriends and I were speaking the other day and... I literally was like, do we ever take a step to bask in our success? Do we ever take a moment to just say, you know what? I rock that out. Let me let me let me have a night, you know, where I don't work anymore. I put my phone down, which Lord knows that is the hardest thing to do. Um, But where you celebrate and say, you know what? I did something amazing today Mm -hmm. or, you know, something in my favor This is something I prayed on. This is something that I was working so hard for and I got it because I know it'll happen. And then I'm sitting there like, okay, now I got it. Now I got to do this, 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 Mm -hmm. this, and this. Like you're on to the next. 
It does seem like a never ending to do list. But um, what I've tried to do is just enjoy the journey. I know I probably don't celebrate all the wins, mm-hmm. um, but I definitely try to enjoy the journey. Like what was great about that journey? You know, Um I mean, even with the TED Talk thing, it was just like, that was such a horrible day. I woke up, no voice. Like, I was just like, if I could just get through these 15 (laughs) minutes, Lord, my clothes was falling off on stage. I was just so mad. But when I look back on it, I'm like, you know, my two girlfriends came up there. One I've known since middle school. Talk about somebody taking you all the way back. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I can look out and like, none of my family was able to make it. Just two people. Two people, you know what I mean? And that just made it even more intimate and even more memorable. And I had another homegirl that came up here on a Greyhound and like got stranded somewhere. You know what I mean? <laughs> just crazy. And I'm just like, what are you doing taking a Greyhound? So um, it was it's really about the journey, like me even being frustrated that my clothes are coming off, like all that I can look back and I can laugh. And um, I think that as an entrepreneur, you do have to sit down and say, OK, and just have a white piece of paper and draw a line in the middle. What are the things that I love? Like on a day-to-day, micro to macro, what are the things that I love about what I'm doing? And what are the things that I hate? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, On a day-to-day or just in general, I know I hate having to hire people. So it makes it even more important to find good help or good freelancers. Like I hate that. Mm -hmm. Um, And so... Yeah, I think that's what we you, we all have to do in order to enjoy the journey. It's like, okay, how can I weed out all these things that I hate so I can just every single day enjoy the journey? Okay. What would you say are the three most important things people should do when thinking about their brand, mm-hmm. their personal brand? Mm-hmm. Um, the number one, start with the goal. The sole purpose of branding is to achieve an economic goal. Like if you're a company and you have a marketing team and y'all aren't making any money, marketing is probably going to be the first thing to go. Mm-hmm. And the whole point of you marketing your products is so that you can charge more than your competitors. You can have visibility and be bought. So when you start thinking about your brand, OK, well, what's your goal? Otherwise, you're just out here doing some of anything and everything. Oh, I just need to be out there. I need people to see me. But for what? And then having that economic piece to it also makes it measurable. Mm-hmm. So that would be the very That's the first thing. Um, The second thing is, you know, figuring out what is your unique value added Um, since the beginning of time, since tribes and everything. It was all about what you were contributing. Were you a value, an asset to the tribe? Um, Sometimes you would get so old that you weren't and they would just come and clock you and kill you. You see what I'm saying? So that's the other thing. What is your unique value added? What is the one thing that you could do that nobody else can do? And maybe it's not like you're the best in the world or the best in the state or the best in the city, but maybe you're the best in your organization. Maybe you're the best amongst your friends or in your community. Um, And then the third thing is knowing your audience. I think that's extremely important. We have the president we have today because he knew his audience. He knew what their pain points were. And he spoke specifically to that. He didn't care about everybody else calling him stupid. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? He didn't care about all the rest of us that are mad. Mm -hmm. He only focuses on that target audience that's going to get him to that target goal. Right. So those would be my three things. 
Okay. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. This has been amazing, Dr. Talea. Thank, <laughs> Thank you so you. much for being with us. Thank you for now having me. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and we're going to have you back, so don't worry. Okay. Um, now it's time for our tech talk. Um, and when we return, you'll be introduced to the woman behind Topic Studio Photography. Stay with us. All right, it's time to get techie with Tech Talk. Today, we have Miss Jaleesa Johnson in studio with us to bring us an oldie but goodie. So what is this oldie, Miss Jaleesa? Hey, Angel, I'm back in studio and I have an oldie but goodie because I'm finding an increase in consultants that I meet do not have a LinkedIn profile. Now, why is it important or why do you get why are you disturbed by the fact that people don't have this LinkedIn profile? Because I get so many business cards. And when I go to research about the person, about their business, if you don't have a website as a consultant, you certainly have to have some type of profile online. The way of the world is to be searchable. Right. You want people to you want to be able to say, Google me and something of substance comes up. Right? I want to find you and I want to find out things about you and I want to find out what other people have to say about you. Mm-hmm. And I want to know who you know. Maybe you know somebody that I know. Now you have references. Mm -hmm. So LinkedIn is a great reference point for consultants, especially. Now, what are some of the key things that you look for when you are evaluating potential um, consultants to bring on board? Um, Education, um, work experience, um, how many people have hit your blogs or uh, writing up about you, what type of things you're looking at to bring into business. Now, more specifically, um, you, you hit on this a little earlier as you were speaking about the um, the recommendations mm-hmm. um, and being able to see that. How important is it to utilize people within your network and say, hey, would you mind writing me a recommendation? As a consultant, you're just you. So if you're consulting for multiple companies, people want to know that those companies were satisfied with your work. Mm-hmm. You want to have somebody out there that can give you a good reference. If you don't have a reference and you've been in business as a consultant for five years, then I certainly am not interested in doing business with you either. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you for keeping it very um, clear and poignant as to why LinkedIn is a great resource for not only consultants, but for all of our business professionals out there. If you're looking for a good social media platform, I think LinkedIn is one that you definitely want to give it a shot. All right. Um, If you want more information on LinkedIn, visit our website at WBBTalk.com. Welcome back to the Woman Behind the Business Talk Show. I'm your host, Angel Livis, and we just wrapped up an awesome conversation with Dr. Talia Waller, the woman behind Waller and Company. Now, you've probably seen the work of Bridget Square in the Afro- Afro-American newspaper, the Washington Informer, or Poland's most celebrated fashion magazine, Moda Polska's. Bridget's creative eye is the lens behind Topic Studio Photography. Her company was birthed from the conception of her son to provide her flexibility and freedom to be a new mom, which I'm sure many of us can relate to. So welcome to the show, Bridget. Thank you for having me, Angel. Absolutely. So part of why... Um, one of the things that I try to do on the Woman Behind the Business Talk show is put people together that make sense, right? You know, branding, genius, an amazing photographer. Like, I feel like they kind of go hand in hand. You need photography at some point in building your brand, whether it's in your marketing, your social media, your headshots, whatever. So I'm so excited to have you with us. So 
Thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. I'm excited. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Okay, so Bridget, talk to me a little bit about your journey because, you know, you've done so much. You've worked for a lot of different newspapers and magazines. Like, where did your passion for um, photography and now actually it started at the age of nine, right? When you got that camera. Yeah. So talk to us about that story. Um, I always love taking pictures and for, for Christmas, I always asked for a camera and that's all I ever got. So every year I got a, a little bit better version of a camera. Um, and when I got to high school, I took, um, digital photography and I took, um, had a wonderful photography teacher who actually, you know, guided me and I got a lot of awards for my photography in high school and I ended up taking it as a minor in college um, because my parents were like not trying to let me be an arts major. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I just always loved photography um, and that's why I started to teach a class for young uh, girls and boys um, who love photography because I didn't have anyone um, to look up to to you know let me know that this is something I could do as a career and actually um, make money doing it. I just thought it was something to do as a hobby. So, so let's fast forward past college. You graduated in business administration, right? Yeah. Okay. And you know you went out to get your first job. What was that? <sighs> My first job out of college. Mm, I worked. I don't know. That was so nothing that notable. Yeah. But so, you know, how did you end up like with the newspapers and magazines and all that? Interesting story. Actually, um, I had just moved back from North Carolina, back to the um, DMV area. My brother caters. So he had me following him, taking pictures um, of his different events. And there was a reporter there who worked for the Washington Informer. And he saw me taking pictures and he said, hey, you know, what are you doing with, with these pictures? Can we use them for the newspaper? I said, sure, why not? Um, and then after he saw my pictures, he was like, hey, you know, if you're interested in working for the newspaper, you should reach out to the editor. And I was so nervous. I didn't want to do it. And I, I waited for like two months. Denise, but, right? I did. Um, uh-huh. Denise is the owner. But I reached out to Kevin, who was the current editor. And mm-hmm. I emailed him the first time he didn't respond. Um, and then I tried again. <laughs> and he responded to the second email and he was like well you know just give me a call on this day and we'll set up an interview and I was so nervous again I didn't want to call but I ended up calling and he was so nice and everything went smoothly and I came in the office and actually someone else knew me to be a photographer and so when I came in she was like oh yeah we know Bridget definitely you want to hire her and so it was really easy I didn't have to do much work after that but that's how I got working um, in the local newspapers. So did you like self you know, were you self-taught? I know in high school you learned a lot, but outside of that, like, were you constantly staying abreast of, like, new techniques and all that kind of on your own? Or what were you doing? I do. Um, I do. I look at um, my peers. Mm-hmm. I get a lot of uh, um, information from people around me. I look at YouTube. And then, you know, what I learned in college was I have phenomenal teachers so, I mean, that's just how I, and I'm always learning and trying to improve my craft. So, so one of the things that I always find, like every time I've had a photographer on the show, like y'all are so soft-spoken. Am y'all I, act like y'all don't have like, I mean. Am I soft right now? Not small, not Too soft, soft oh. but you're just like very. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but like, 
okay i can speak up but, but, no it's not even the speaking up but like i just feel like there's so much that you've done and oh, so God. much that you, like it's okay to boost and be like yo like yes i'm that girl like i did that and i think a lot of times we're so afraid to put ourselves out there but baby you got a company that you're trying to build and you're building i know so you gotta let people you have to let the world know like i just recently did the post a post on social media that was like, I'm ready for the world to see who God created me to be. Right. And so when it comes to your business, you have to always project and know that your brand and how you're projecting is representing your company. Right. So I'm going to make you, I'm, you know, I'm, a, I'm pulling it out of you. Okay. Come on. <laughs> I'm just so nervous. Don't be nervous. We just girlfriends sitting here having a conversation. That's it. Um, it's weird to hear my voice in this. <laughs> Okay, so when you think about, you know, the power of photography and good lighting and Mm -hmm. what it says, like when you see an amazing picture, what does that look like? I some of the pictures that I take compels me to cry. Some of the pictures that I take compares me to laugh. Um, Photography is so powerful. You know, one of my goals is to get like the Pulitzer Award for a, photo- a picture that I took. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So, I mean, I think I, I, even though I'm trying to get more into photo- um, videography now, because mm-hmm. I know that is kind of what people pay more for. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people need that. But photography is always going to be my passion and number one. So what can some people who, you know, people selfie games they're you know trying to do it themselves that DIY photography what are some tips that you can provide to those individuals um you know just natural lighting making sure that the sun is um at your back you know the sun is behind you so you can get the natural lighting um you know I don't know (laughs) selfies so, I mean, just for pictures in general. So, like, lighting is always really important. Shadows. Angles. And things. Yeah, like, all of that kind of stuff. The comp- the shot composition. Like, what are some things they should be mindful of when they're taking pictures? When you're taking pictures. Um, like, with a natural, with a real camera or just, like, on their phone? Most people probably don't have a real camera. So, we can do both. Let's okay. start with selfies. Let's start with a, a with mobile a, phone. With a mobile phone. I mean, nowadays, these phones are so uh, technical. Smart. I mean, they're smart. You can take really high-quality pictures with the portrait mode or and you know a lot of it is editing too you can edit a lot and can transform a picture that might not be you know the best quality and you can transform that picture into an amazing photo you know with um i use this app called snapseed 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 um it's really great um if you want to do some quick editing on your phone okay. yeah it's an app that's free that you can use and what does that app do like for editing like you, you know blemishes like yeah it, you can change the lighting on the faces mm-hmm. you know in case the picture might be a little too dark mm-hmm. can you see me no go ahead okay oh, okay ahead. yeah you can change the lighting um sorry yeah. <laughs> um you can change the background and to, to make it blurry or to make it you know more pronounced mm-hmm. um you can change the color the coloring of it if it's too yellow or blue or green you know you can alter that in the app um so it's you know there's a lot of things you can find on your phone to um to upgrade Enhance. your pictures yeah so, and what's that one called again something snap seed snap seed yeah okay i'm gonna have to download that or you have to remind me when we get off because i'm not gonna remember absolutely um all right so 
We have the editing part of it. Now, what if we're using a real camera? I think a lot of times we buy these cameras, the semi-professional DSLR cameras, and everybody thinks because they have one that they know how to use it. Mm-hmm. And I've seen many a times where they're, they've invested all of this money in these cameras, and then you see the pictures and you'd be like, no, that wasn't it. Like, So can you talk to us a little bit about like the F-spot and the iris and what that all means in photography. Sure. Um, actually, I met. A, I've just grown to know that not everyone is a photographer as much as you might think that you are. Just because you have the equipment doesn't mean that you're a photographer, right? Mm-hmm. So I first advise my students and everyone that I know to read the manual that comes with the camera. <laughs> it's going to tell you everything about that camera. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we don't want to read. Right. But the instructions are there for us. So my students, when they come, well, no matter what camera they bring in, let's read the manual so we know the settings mm-hmm. for this camera so that we can use it at the optimal level. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but uh, if you're, like I have all, on my website, I have, you know, a, a chart for if you're outside, you know, you want to put your ISO on 100, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Or 200 or, or in a range F-stop. Um, it could be 2.5 to 3.5, you know, mm-hmm. if you're outside. Um, and definitely if you're in low light situations, you're going to need a tripod. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You can't get a high quality picture that's not going to be blurry if you're trying to hold it if it's too dark in the room. Um, so, I mean, those are some techniques, you know, and I mean, in terms of you know, all cameras are different. None of them are made the same, you know. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, you just have to know the equipment that you have. And a part of that is um, reading the manual. Yes. <laughs> and, then, you know, in this age, when I was growing up and learning photography, they didn't have YouTube and things like that. So, I mean, you have so many resources at your fingertips now with YouTube, you know. Now, let's talk a little bit about your company where you're actually going in and teaching and training um, younger people um, to learn how to do photography. Mm-hmm. Um, what was your motivation behind starting that program? Like I said, I, when I was nine, I knew I wanted to be a photographer for a living, but I didn't have anyone who was doing it and that looked like me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was part of my motivation to do the class. It's a free class at um, Marvin Gaye Rec Center for a nine to 17. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, the classes that I've had so far in North Carolina, um, the successes were amazing. It was a lot of work because I was doing a lot of it by myself. Mm-hmm. But um, we had a little graduation and I gave the girls, you know, certificates for the hours that they put in. And um, two of the girls in particular decided to get in business together. And so they do events and stuff together. The one is nine and one is 13. Uh, yeah. And their their company is J&M Photography in Durham, North Carolina. And um and the ceremony, the one girl said, she said, you know, thank you, Miss Bridget, for allowing me to be free in photography. You know, and that's all I want is that um, the people who are interested in doing it, that they are allowed to be artists and allowed to express themselves through art um, and, you know, don't have any boundaries, you know, like mm-hmm. I did when I was nine. I had boundaries to, to jump over. Now, what is your current your company currently doing topic studio photography um right now we're looking to open um, a studio mm-hmm. event space um and we're also um branching out a resource for other entrepreneurs who um might need some you know 
uh, talking, just, you know, they're having an issue and just like, you know, wanting to give up and not really feeling like they want to do it anymore because being an entrepreneur can be very difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're, we have a, a line, a phone line coming up soon for people to call just when they need someone to talk to who understands that about entrepreneurship and, you know, how difficult it is and, and um, just to give them some encouragement to keep going um, even though it gets a little rough sometimes. Mm-hmm. So um, that's currently, you know, I do all the fashion shows. So next month I'll be in L.A. doing um, L.A. Fashion Week. Awesome. Mm-hmm. That is amazing. All right, um, and it's pretty much time for us to get ready for Moments from the Valley. Um, but before we go there, um, where do you see Topic Studio Photography going? You know, and some people, some of my friends think that, you know, my, I, my dreams are too big, right? Because I, I just know that I'm going to be in L.A., um, with a lot of my friends who are in the um, the movie industry, um, I definitely want to originally be um, a director of photography. Mm-hmm. So I, I want to get um, the education to, to do that. Um, and I know my company will be a part of the movie industry um, very soon. Wonderful. And those friends that you said, they, you know, think that you dream too big. I think that falls into the category of what Talia, Dr. Talia was mentioning earlier, is that sometimes people mean well. But uh, one thing that I always tell people is that um, you can't share the vision that God gave you with blind people. That's right. Because they, they can't see it. They don't understand it. They can't comprehend it. And so we have to be even mindful of who we're sharing our vision with at all times. Right. So, um, yeah, no. So it's time to get ready for our moments for the Valley. But before we go there, we're going to take a quick break and hear from Dr. Tia Hill with our WBB health tips. But does everybody know what moments from the Valley is? Y'all know what to expect? Yes. All right. So Moments from the Valley for our listeners who may be new to the show. Um, it's an opportunity where we ask all of our guests to share a moment in their life that was very difficult and they did not know how they were going to get through that um that obstacle. And so we want to know what that valley moment was, how you got through it, and what was waiting for you on the other side. So we'll be listening to those when we come back after our WBB Health Tips with Dr. Tia Hill. Stay with us. It's time for the Woman Behind the Business Health Tip with Dr. Tia Hill. And today we are going to talk about those good old detoxes. Dr. Hill, what you got to tell me about some detox? Well, when's the last time you've been had a detox? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. What's your most common detox that you ever heard about? Have you heard of colonics? No, I don't know what colonics is. You asked me that before we started recording. I don't know what colonics is. The, the, okay, so the last one that I think I may have done may have been like seven years ago. And it was like the lemonade one or something. The Beyonce did? Oh, I don't know. Okay. There are many, multiple, hundreds and thousands of detoxes. Let me just say that Mm -hmm. for one. Um, In the medical field, we do detoxes, especially when we're about to give somebody a colonoscopy or they are constipated. Um, A lot of our grandparents used to use the good old enema. And and the, um, what did my data used to take? Um, Prone juice. Cod liver oil. Oh, good old cod liver oil. (laughs) See, see, that's good stuff. Now we're getting somewhere. (laughs) 
and you used to drink a teaspoon in the morning, flush it right on out. Ew. But here's the thing about detoxing. Okay. We have... You'd be surprised what is inside of your body. You have people, you're inhaling things. People swallow gum, hair follicles. You get a good flushing out, you might see some things. Yeah. And that is what you normally will see in a good colonic. Now. Okay, what is a colonic? So here's a colonic. A colonic is when. Is it like a colonoscopy? No, but it's like the first cousin in it without being in a colonoscopy. It's when they insert a tube into your anus. And then it put- Why can't you say rectum? <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> and and the water, they, they it has a machine where it pushes water in. So you have something pushing water in and then also retracting water. Um, depending on the facility that you go to, someone may be rubbing your stomach um, or you can have a massager. Your legs up in the air? No, you're on a stool. Like you're sitting on a machine. So you're sitting in a supine arch position. Mm-hmm. You know what that is? Nope. Okay. Go ahead. So you're sitting in this chair, mm-hmm. rubbing your stomach, mm-hmm. and then they'll start to move the bowels. You know, your small intestine, you'll rub your small intestines, your large intestines. The water will shoot up and the pressure will start to relieve so that it can get that backed up fecal dried along your walls and just softens it up and it allows it to come out. So how much weight do you lose after you do this? It depends on some people have lost drastically like five pounds. I've seen some people who have lost none. I've seen others who they just were able to go to the bathroom. Their skin cleared up. Um, They were no longer like just compacted. Yeah. You know, and I think that sometimes we think that everything is weight related, but it wasn't. It's just really getting out that bacteria, those toxins, that fungus. Um, Another great form of um, a detoxer is also getting your feet detoxified. Okay, wait, let's stick with this. What's it called? The colonic. Okay. So the colonic, you have to go to a facility to have done? They have them. You can get them in the especially now that it's spring. Groupon has them all the time. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm it's, it's a big deal. People will go and they will get a good colonic. <laughs> I'm, you're laughing. I'm not. I'm laughing because I'm learning. Like. But, but, it, but it helps. It, you'll be surprised because the average, most people can go three days without having a bowel movement. Yeah, I don't know. But imagine if you yeah. have, so if imagine if you're going around for 180 days and out of that, every three, you had a bowel movement when you're supposed to have two a day, at least you're supposed to have a bowel movement after every meal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So talk to me about these foot detoxes. So a foot detox also gets the impurities and pulls them from your feet. So if you ever have gotten to go and get a foot detox, they are absolutely amazing. You can actually see the toxins mm-hmm. as they are coming out of your out of your feet. Um, and you actually, actually will feel better. Your equilibrium will be adjusted. You can smell. You'll be very surprised at where your pressure points are in your feet. Mm-hmm. So your senses will be on alert. And you'll be able to just think a little bit clearly, but you'll also, again, be able to get um, a, your body will be able to start to flush and remove a lot of the toxins as well. This is so interesting to me. Like I never, like I said, I haven't had a detox probably in like seven, eight years. And these were the the homemade remedy kind. I feel like, you know, a lot of what we're talking about is actually going and having a professional give mm-hmm. you a real detox. And even though I made the statement earlier about them being on Groupon, I do want to just let this disclaimer be known. You do need to make sure it's a professional. Um, getting a colonic is not a get rich skinny scheme. So you may lose um, four to five inches. I'm giving an analogy. 
um, you know, at that one procedure. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean go back every week. Definitely do not because your body has to replenish itself. You need time to recalibrate. I do not recommend doing them continuously, mm. um, maybe once or at the most twice a year, but just something to just help you get and keep your body flushed and keep yourself thinking clear. And how often should you actually do a detox? I am a person that I believe that you should always reset your system. I do. I think even when it comes to prescribing medications, depending on the medication, sometimes you just need to allow your body the chance to get back Mm -hmm. to be clear. But for the most part, I would say at least once a year. Okay. And even if that's just like really good clean eating and drinking a lot of water and making sure that you're having bowel movements. It makes a big difference because your medicine has a chance to also work too. Wonderful. All right. Well, that's this week's Woman Behind the Business Health Tip with Dr. Taya Hill. Um, any questions, please feel free to send us a note on our website at wbbtalk.com. All right, ladies. Here we go. Dr. Talia, we're going to start with you. Okay. So my valley moment, um, I think I'm in a valley now. <laughs> I'm actually trying to come out with a like product service um, combined, and it's something that I haven't seen before. So I've had to, um, you know, kind of look up everything on my own, figure everything out. I had an intern; she went ghost on me. Um, so that's something that people are talking about. Everybody going ghost. I don't know if it's a season or what's going on, but yeah, she's not welcome back. She texted me today. <laughs> she was like, I haven't disappeared. But this is the second time she's went ghost on me. So, mm-hmm. you know, I can't deal with that. And it's just more frustrating, even though, you know, it's an intern. Um, and so, yeah, that's my valley. And... I feel like, well, I hope that when I come out on the other side that this will all be worth it because, you know, you come out with the product. It's like you have to do the FAQs and you have to figure out how you're going to launch it, all the packaging that goes Mm -hmm. with it. It's a lot. Um, But again, I'm hoping that the other side of it um, will, it will give me something that is, I needed a product that was like, not as much as like my main core product. What do you call that product? Like the lead in product Mm -hmm. um, that you have. So it's going to serve that purpose. Um, But also giving people something that is tangible when I really offer a service and Mm -hmm. that's hard. But what's also hard is selling a service. Mm -hmm. You know, people like tangible things. So um, I'm trying to actually merge the two. Okay. Well, we can't wait to see what that looks like. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. All right, Bridget, you're up. Okay. Well, actually, hold tight. Okay. Let me let this train go by. Sorry. It just got so loud. (laughs) And I just got a message. It's so interesting that this is right by the the train. Are those specific for sound? These tiles, mm-hmm. the ceiling? Yeah. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Ready? Okay. Yeah. I was going to say, but the glass is not. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. Okay, you ready? ready? Right. Okay. Go ahead. Um, I feel like 
uh, being a business owner, I've had a few valleys, um, but one in particular would be um, I'm currently separated um, from my husband. And most of that is, um, you know, being an entrepreneur and him not really being supportive of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, a, a major valley would be, you know, right before I moved back here, um, you know, we had a lot of issues. And so when I moved here, I didn't have a job right away and I didn't have his financial support. So um, on the other side of that, I had a lot of family to help me. And, um, you know, my business has just boomed since leaving North Carolina. So um, a lot of times I have him to think for, you know, kind of pushing me out of that um, place of comfort in in North Carolina where I wasn't, I was just, you know, okay with doing the bare minimum. And now I'm in a place where I have to do the maximum, you know what I mean? (laughs) So, um, you know, you learn from your valleys and and like you guys were talking about earlier, um, I really try to appreciate the now. Mm-hmm. Um, because I've had a lot of hard times. So I am grateful for every milestone that I hit. So, um, yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for sharing. And um, part of the reason why I started having um, this aspect of Moments from the Valley, when we very when we first started Women Behind the Business, we would have panel conversations, and it was just something that I would always ask people. And... I can say yesterday I was out and a young girl came up to me um, who used to come to our very first events that would be held in person. And she was like, you didn't know this at the time, but by you having the people on stage share what they've been through, it helped me get through what I was currently going through. And she was like, you had no idea what I was going through. But Mm -hmm. I faithfully came because I knew I would walk away feeling empowered. And to me, that was something that, again, she was right. I had no idea. Mm -hmm. But hearing her say it and to be able to touch me, feel me, and just be like, thank you. Mm -hmm. um, That's why I'm always, I'm glad that I kept with the moments from the valley and incorporating it into the show because I do find that when we can be truly authentic with who we are and accepting of who we are and what we've been through, then we can really be a blessing to others. Mm-hmm. So thank you so much for both sharing your moments from the valley. Um, I'm, I know that it's blessed somebody, you know, in hearing it. So thank you. Thank you. Thank can you. I say one thing? Mm-hmm. Um, it's very important for women to know your purpose in life before you get married mm-hmm. um, so that your spouse or partner um, has the ability to accept that gift that God has given you that you are supposed to do on this earth um, before you guys say, I do. So it's very important. I agree. But I I think with that, sometimes you may be still, you may know, but you haven't reached that full potential. And sometimes when you're going through and you're reaching that potential, you're shifting, Mm -hmm. you're changing. And if that person doesn't understand the core of who you are and isn't able to connect with you and and move with you as you're moving, Mm -hmm. you're going to move and you're going to still be here. You're going to move and they're going to be expecting you to come back to this one place. But if that's not 
where God intended you to be, mm-hmm. that's where, you know, the, the disconnect comes. And can I say something? Yeah. Did you say you have kids? I have one son. That's enough. Okay. You didn't push the whole human out of your body. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. Pay bills and mm-hmm. hush. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Whatever you want to do. If you don't want to do anything else, that should be fine. Being a mother is a full-time job. It, it is. is no joke. Like, uh-uh. No. No. <laughs> I don't care what you want to do. You've done enough. Right. So. Yes. I agree. <laughs> right. I mean, you've done it twice. Yeah. Yeah. I got two little ones, so you know I know. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's share some social media before we close out the show. Yeah, okay. Um, my Instagram is Talaya, T-A-L-A-Y-A, Waller, W-A-L-L-E-R. And uh, my website is Waller and Company and, dot com. And my LinkedIn is just Talaya Waller. I think I might be the only one on there. Okay. <laughs> and Bridget? Hi, mine is your.topic.studio on Instagram. And my website is topicstudio.org. And my LinkedIn is Bridget White, actually. I'm still under my married name. <laughs> you know, I was one. Never mind. Let me leave that alone. <laughs> because I was like, yo, I swear I have her in my phone under white. Yeah. And then I'm looking at, I'm like, Yes. Let me just rock with it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, ladies, thank you again so much for being our guest today. Yeah. Um, and I definitely invite you to join us in Nassau, Bahamas for our Woman Behind the Business Retreat Yay. in November. So exciting. Yes, yes, yes. Um, all right. So that's our show for today. <laughs> Please be sure to check our past broadcasts on our website, wbbtalk.com, and pick up your copy of the Washington Informer to see the Woman Behind the Business Spotlight section. And of course, follow us on social media at WBB Talk. Don't forget about the Woman Behind the Business Retreat that's coming up November 24th through the 28th at the British Colonial Hilton in Nassau, Bahamas. You can learn more at wbbtalk.com slash registration. A special thank you to our show producer, Cal Murdoch, and our program director, Max Myrick. Until next time, stay blessed.